Now, sound off and let your voice be heard. Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, good morning, Northlanders. <clears throat> Here we are on a Thursday, the 18th of January already. And, you know, Kenny, there's nothing ever to talk about. You go through the uh, papers in the morning. You go through all the websites. It's, it's just nothing out there. <laughs> what? Kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's so much to talk about. I don't know where in the world to start. But I, I'll tell you, in fairness to Minnesotans, and in fairness to people that get out to Marine General and do their shopping out there, I got to start with this story. The Star Tribune this morning is warning that the, a movement to slash Minnesota's statewide walleye bag limits from six fish to four is percolating once again inside the Department of Natural Resources. More than a year after the legislator tossed the idea overboard, certain to shake up emotions within the state's universe of anglers, resorts, and fishing guides, cabin owners, bait shops, fishing clubs, and millions of homespun fish fry lovers, uh, DNR leaders are pursuing the possibility of a major walleye regulation change without going to the Capitol. In other words, doing it outside of the uh, Minnesota legislature. DNR Fisheries Chief Brad Parson said in a recent interview that the agency can reduce the daily take-home limits of walleye through its rulemaking authority. <laughs> Here we go. He said that the DNR is considering launching such a bid. So there you go, fisher people in Minnesota. You may not be able to catch six walleyes. Well, I'm not sure I could catch six anyway in a day, but... But let's say, uh, let's say I did get lucky and found a spot and was uh, cranking them in. If I caught six walleyes, I wouldn't be able to take them home under the new regulations if the DNR just changes them of their own willy-nilly and authority. So there you go. Anyway, um, I want to start off with a story this morning, which I, a couple of stories. God, I, I really, Kenny, I didn't know where to start this morning. There were so many things out there. But I'm going to start with this one. And I couldn't agree with Senator Mark Rubio more. Look, I don't like uh, the left-leaning networks like MSNBC and CNN. They're not my billywick. I, 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 I tune into CNN once in a while just to see what the other side is talking about. But I watch their hosts for 10 minutes or so, and I go... <laughs> I mean, they're just brutal. They're not they're vile. They're vile. They're, they're angry. They're always <laughs> angry and mad. And oh, jeez. Yes. But let me ask you that question. With all that in mind, don't they have a responsibility to broadcast real news? What's going on? Yeah, that's out the window, Brad. That's long gone. Yeah, it really it is, isn't it? It, it is. Ru well, anyway, what Rubio was talking about is. Uh, Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, had called out the back blackout of former President Donald Trump's Iowa speech on Hannity. He was on Hannity last night, and he blasted liberal networks that chose either not to air any of his speech, which, by the way, is what MSNBC tried to do. Uh, they had uh, racial Maddow. How does she lefty? They had her uh, come on and say, "Did you say it racial?" Is not a, 
racial, racial, racial. Not Rachel, but, but no, Rachel. Rachel. It's Rachel Meadow. Oh, all right. Anyway, it, it, she said, it is not out of spite. It is not a decision that we relish. It is a decision that we regularly revisit. And honestly, earnestly, it is not an easy decision. But there is a cost to us as a news organization of knowingly broadcasting untrue things. Untrue. See, they're even deciding what a politician says is true or not. They're deciding that. And so because of that, MSNBC decided not to carry any of Donald Trump's speech on winning the Iowa caucuses at all. CNN, uh, Jake, Jake Tapper interrupted Trump's speech uh, in the middle as he was getting into his illegal immigration issues, telling viewers, uh, you can hear him repeating his anti-immigrant uh, rhetoric before carrying on with election coverage. So they just cut him off at that point. Now, what Marco Rubio said I thought was rather interesting. He said, look, what they've done, what these networks did with their bias is more like what state-run media from authoritarian regimes would do. Is that where we're heading in this country? Is to a system where the media, because of their their delight to be left-leaning, to be socialist-leaning, have decided to be like authoritarian regimes and decide what they think is newsworthy or not and cut them off? That's 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 almost beyond belief. This is exactly here's Rubio's comments verbatim. This is exactly how state-run media, meaning like Russia, communist China, is used by authoritarian governments to lead to lead, to delegitimize, to discredit, to basically make people believe there is no alternative but to the regime and to their rule. It destroys the media of this country. And I, you know what, I got to I gotta say that I believe 100% what he said. It's absolutely right. Now, the next thing I want to do. I've had a couple of cases recently. Um, Kenny, you wouldn't believe this, I'm sure. But I've had a couple of cases recently from people that, evidently tune into the show once in a while, not all the time, are not fans, believe it or not, and believe that I have jumped on the Trump bandwagon. See, we got some of our callers that don't believe I give Trump enough support, and then we got other people that say, oh, you're just, oh, sure, you jumped on. This guy particularly has said that I'm supporting a rapist. You're supporting a rapist. And I said, wait a minute. I, I, I did, did you support Bill Clinton? <laughs> no. Oh, I wonder where he got no, that. No, it wasn't that. Oh. They were talking about Trump. Oh. The guy was talking about Trump. Okay. And he insinuated that because Trump was in a court case in New York with this, uh, uh, with this woman, E. Jean Carroll, sure. who used to be a writer. She was a writer, Carroll. Uh, and, and she claims... The Donald Trump back in the '90s evidently broke into her dressing room at a uh, at a, a downtown New York department store, uh, ripped her clothes off her, and raped her on the spot. Now she didn't call the police immediately, 
file rape charges. She didn't ask for a rape kit so she could take scrapings and prove that she had been raped. None of that. It's just years later in a book that she was writing, she evidently claimed that she had been raped by Donald Trump in a dressing room of a store. Well, I said to this person that contacted me, I said, so so let me get this straight. If some woman claims you raped her and you and and a jury or a court says you did, you raped her, whether you did or not, you're a rapist. Is that what you're saying? And he wrote me back and said, well, a jury has found him guilty. So, yeah, he's a rapist. Well, I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm not sure that a jury has found him guilty of rape. I think they they found him guilty of assassinating this woman's character because Donald Trump all along has said simply, I don't even know who this woman is. I never met her in my life. I don't know who she is. I certainly didn't rape her. But so I started digging out, and t- this morning there's a story in the Pioneer Press repeated from the New York Times, Associated Press story, and it it talks about this case, and it talks about the fact that Trump has been found guilty in a case in May. The case went to a uh, went to a trial in May. A jury, and I want you all to listen very carefully to what happened in this case. I'm reading you right out of the story. Trump did not attend the previous trial in the case last May when a jury found he had sexually abused and defamed Carol and awarded her $5 million in damages. Now, please pull the uh, earplugs out of your ears right now and listen to the last sentence of this. The jury said, however, that Carol hadn't proven her claim that Trump raped her. Let me read that again, word for word. The jury said, however, that Carol hadn't proven her claim that Trump raped her. Uh, You don't need that, Brad. Uh, These Democrats, Biden in particular, remember what he said. We choose truth over fact. It's truth over facts. It's not what is real. It's what you think is real. It's what you think is real. It's what you uh, what this you recollect old. years later. Yeah, yeah. Truth now, see, over fact. See, if I if if my story about Linda Ronstadt, remember that story? That's a great story. It's not a story. It's a true fact. Yeah. Back in the uh, back in the sixties. Yes. Uh, I attended a party in Los Angeles, and I ended up sitting by this beautiful girl on a couch. Uh, people were, okay, they were smoking a little stuff, and they were drinking and stuff. Oh, is this the one where it. you put your hand on her knee and she gave you a back no, hand? And you got a, uh, no, no. You got no. a black eye? That story? <laughs> no, oh. no. I never touched her. I didn't, I didn't even know who <laughs> oh, she was. I don't know what I was thinking of. Okay. No, I just I just started a conversation with her because she was attractive. And I, I said at one time, I said, oh, you... So what do you do for a living? And she, she kind of looked at me like I was an oddball freak or something, and... She said, I, I, I'm in a band. I said, oh, I was in a band in high school myself. What, do you, what, do you, what kind of stuff do you do? And she said, well, we, we do our own original stuff, and we do some other stuff. And I said, oh, would I have heard of your band? And she said, well, I don't know, maybe. Uh, she said, well, our band, my band is called the Stone Ponies. At that time, it was, you know, not Linda Ronstadt. It was the Stone Ponies. 
And I, at that time, I had never heard of him. I said, oh, I'll have to check this out. I, I have not heard of him. And so at that point, she kind of shut me off and went on to conversation with somebody else. But later on, I found, now, if I had years later come back and said, oh, you know what? I, uh, yeah, Linda Ronstant was hitting on me and I started tonguing her and boy, we got into it. And uh, yeah. I would then be sued, but she would have to prove it, wouldn't she? Wouldn't there have to be some proof that I, or, or in that case, I could probably be sued just because I defamed her by saying that she came on to me or whatever it was. But in a rape case, I, I mean, I'm not trying to stick up for Donald Trump here, okay? All I'm saying is that whoever you are in the world, if someone accuses you of physically, sexually assaulting them, shouldn't they have to prove it? Shouldn't they have to prove that they were violated before a judge says, okay, yeah, that's enough. I, I, I believe you. Uh, $5 million. The guy's got to come up with $5 million. Because now, now this same Carol is now seeking $10 million in compensatory damages and millions more in punitive damages because she says her reputation has been ruined. Her reputation has been destroyed. And she says, I've had death threats. Well, I'm sure she probably has. You know, Trump has a lot of loyal supporters, and, you know, they're going to do that. So anyway, we'll we'll maybe discuss that more if you'd like to. But I just wanted to make it clear to this person that was contacting me. He has the jury, however, that Carol hadn't proven her claim that Trump raped her. So with that, let's take our first break. KDAL time is 1125. We're overcast. We're cold, Brad, minus one currently at the National Weather Service in Duluth. And boy, yesterday we only got up to five above. Nine below was the low yesterday. And this morning we even beat that. It was uh, here in Duluth, uh, minus 12 this morning. Hey, Brad, the coldest in the lower 48 this morning, Ely, Minnesota. Yeah, coldest in the lower 48, Ely, minus 24. Wow, yeah. that is cold. That, that is, is cold. cold. Were there going to be ice fishing all over the place up there? Boy, I'll tell you. Yes, it's never that cold inside dead-on shooting range. Never, right. never. It's always a kind of a controlled area around what, uh, Candy, about 70 degrees, somewhere less right, like that? Right about 70 degrees, just comfortable enough to take your jacket off. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. And, you know... I'll tell you what, I'll bet you your uh, your numbers of people that come in the place, the colder it gets outside, I bet you get more people coming in, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. That range hasn't shut off from, or it doesn't shut off from uh, the time we open till the time we close. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see now, people coming in and using it, too. You know, we have so many oh. different rentals for them to, to try out during this cold snap that we have. It's it's nice to see that they, they want to see the, the different uh, options that they can buy. Yes. Well, and you've got a whole, you, you know, as we talked the other day, you've got a whole new uh, a whole new selection because you've had a large shipment of firearms, and you've taken some of those, I'm sure, and put them on the rental walls, right? We we have, yes, and we've got a, another shipment coming in. I just heard from my distributor yesterday down in Louisiana that the, the trucks are all stuck in the ice, so they haven't been able to send up our, our next shipment, but it should be coming any day now, and we'll have a bunch of those to put on the rental wall as well. 
that's outstanding, which really gives people a great idea. Um, you know, if they're going to buy, a, especially if they're going to buy a, a firearm that they want to use for concealed carry or for home protection, they'd like to make sure uh, that it's really the one that they like. I mean, you can look at a gun and you can, it, it, boy, that looks really good. Let me put it in my hand. I have it in my hand and it feels okay. But until you fired it, you really don't know how it's going to respond, how it's going to act, if it's going to be smooth, whatever. So you give those people the chance, the opportunity to try out a lot of those firearms before they purchase them. That's right. Yeah, nothing hurts worse than making a seven, seven or $800 mistake and finding out you hate your gun. So it's yeah, nice to be able exactly. to try it out first. Which I have done on more than one <laughs> occasion, unfortunately, but but that's the past. Yeah. So... So you've got uh, those things happening. What about um, what about everything else you've got going on there? You've got big clearances going on, reloading equipment, and a lot of other things. We do, yeah. We we've uh, we've got a little bit of reloading equipment left on the shelves, and what we do have out there is on clearance. We're we're clearing out, trying to make room for some new inventory, and then we've got our a whole bunch of our AR style pistols on sale as well. Um, the pistol braces are at this time legal again so now is the time if you've been thinking about it on the fence about if you want to get one or not right now you can uh, you can legally have the brace on there okay so that's the that's the brace like the the wrist brace uh on the pistol for an ar style pistol is that is that what we're talking about right yeah that's what they had tried banning about oh what six six to eight months ago and now they yeah they're unbanning them again so we'll see how long that stays but for now you can have one (laughs) okay fantastic so right now would be a great well right now and probably in the next week to 10 days would be a great opportunity to get up to dead on because you're going to have another shipment of firearms coming in uh anything unique that you have looked at that you've said wow that's really going to be a going to be a big uh, product for uh, concealed carry people for example Oh, you know, off the top of my head, I I can't think of <laughs> all of the ones that okay. we uh, had ordered in. But yeah, we've we've got lots of new ones on the shelves and some new ones that are recent have recently come out too. So it's a good chance yeah. to get up there and see for yourself what what you think would be a good one to carry. Fantastic. Well, and and you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be out of town next week. So uh, is there gonna be somebody in charge up there that's gonna hold the line on pricing, or can we go in and offer anything? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My assistant manager Sarah is a, a really great uh, manager. She's she'll be there pretty much all week, and she'll be holding down the fort for me. Okay, very good. Well, <laughs> we look forward to talking to you when you come back from uh, Vegas from the biggest uh, gun show I think anywhere in the country that has got not only firearms but about everything else to do with it. You're gonna you're gonna be exposed to a whole lot of new merchandise next week. Yeah, I'm excited to see what what they have to offer us there. Well, outstanding. Well, anyway, folks, if you got the time this week, make sure you take the time to get up to Dead On Shooting Range, eight miles up Highway 2 right out of Proctor. You will find them on the left-hand side of the road. Big, beautiful building right there says Indoor Shooting Range. Walk in the front door. They will welcome you, and you will find a huge retail store with everything from firearms to ammunition to reloading equipment to sighting, anything, clothing, everything. And, of course, a rental rack of, of handguns, firearms, 
probably uh, 50 or so on there at a time that you can either rent or bring your own firearm in, go out, uh, take your time, spend however much time you want to have on the firing range, improve your skills, improve your accuracy, and uh, really do yourself some good at dead-on shooting range. If you have any questions for Candy or any of her staff, by the way, they have armors up there that if you've got a little issue with your firearm or you want to put some sights, some new sights on it, they can handle that for you at dead-on shooting range as well. So you can call them at 218-729-9689, dead-on shooting range. Great, great location here in the North End. Thank you, Candy. Good stuff as Thank always. You. All right. Well, we got to take our CBS News break. We'll be uh, back uh, uh, shortly. Uh, 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 we're, working, we're working our way towards CBS News. Uh, Jeff from Superior has been holding. He's got something on his mind, Bradley. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm yep. sorry. I missed that. I just looked at the last thing on my sheet here and didn't even see it. Jeff, I'm sorry I overjumped you. How are you doing? Oh, that's all right. Uh, I'm calling you from the South Shore again. Uh, some flurries, oh. three above in Poplar, Wisconsin. So it's Beautiful nice. winter day. All right. So I have some. I have some personal news to share. Uh, I got a girlfriend, and she's extremely beautiful. I said, oh, I, boy. I told her, I said, you could start a home business, you know, buy a tow truck and call it a home wrecking service. <laughs> I was hoping you'd laugh oh. at that. <laughs> a home wrecking system. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. man, that's good, Jeff. So, so was that the only thing on your mind this morning was to make me laugh? Exactly. Yeah, I love you, man. Okay. I think you're a good guy. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Wow, there you go, Kenny. Yeah. Uh, home wreckings. <laughs> tow truck. Uh, Funny. Anyway. Hey, are you drinking any can... coffee this morning? I am. Is it gourmet coffee? No. Oh, that's too I, I bad. Do, I don't go for that foo-foo. Well, no, it doesn't stuff. have to be. It just has to be gourmet. Whatever that is, because today is gourmet coffee day. No, I'm yeah. just drinking straight old straight old coffee out of the jug. Out of, out out of, of my jug. Well, I make it every morning. Well, I make it, I make it in our <laughs> own pot. But let me tell you this. Ooh. We did put a water softening system in our home. Yeah. What does that make better coffee? Good. Ooh. Nice, yeah. smooth coffee. Well, let's take our CBS News break, and then we can come back. KDAL time is 1138. We're cold, Brad. Minus one at the National Weather Service. Northwest wind at eight. So we do have a wind chill of 14 below. But uh, we do have Chris Lohmeyer on the phone from Solutions Insurance, and he can probably warm things up for us, huh? Well, you could certainly warm your wallet up a little bit by putting a little money back into it if you were uh, if you were getting paid maybe think you're paying too much for your insurance uh chris is this the week that we get another maggie winner <laughs> i think it is it sure is brad that's right and yes hopefully we can warm up more wallets you know with those extra bills in those wallets the, we might be able to start some friction fires or something like that so, i like that i like that <laughs> that's right so you are correct. Maggie is the win of the week agent this week once again here. And the last few wins of the week, we talked about situations where people were buying a new house. So it was a major life change right. for them. And that yes. caused them to call up and say, hey, can you help me with this? Well, kind of something a bit similar. 
Maggie had someone call her and say, hey, you know, I bought a new vehicle, and the insurance company that I'm with, gosh, that rate just seems like it's just going to be <laughs> a lot higher than I expected. So what, what are you able to do for me? Can you roll up your sleeves? Can you do that insurance shopping? Absolutely. That's what Maggie did. So this person rents an apartment, okay, didn't have renter's insurance, but was more focused oh. on the vehicle naturally, right? Well, in addition to selling her a great policy on that new vehicle, Maggie also wrote her a renter's policy that she didn't have before, and uh, that was a major, major plus, a major win. With all that, new renter's policy and that new vehicle, Brad, she still saved that person $641 back in her pocket rather than higher insurance premiums for that vehicle insurance. That you know, Chris, that is fantastic. But I've got to, I've got to make a comment here uh, about renters insurance. So many people get the misconception that I don't need renters insurance. I'm living in a, I'm living in an apartment building. What do I need? Uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about the building. That's the owner's problem. Well, that might be very true. But I'll tell you what: more people have their property damaged or destroyed because of damage in somebody else's apartment next door or a fire in the building where there might be smoke damage or just the fact that you get liability coverage included with that renter's policy that will cover you even outside your rental unit. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of good solid reasons to to have renter's insurance, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Those are outstanding points to make, Brad, because you're you're 100% correct. And I actually had an insured fairly recently who had a steam pipe, a hot water steam pipe, break in in her apartment, okay? And it was spraying boiling hot water all over. Thankfully, oh. she didn't get injured. But uh, she, her apartment was uh, shut down for months while they had to replace the pipe. They had to fix the damage, new flooring, new paint, all of that. She had a renter's insurance policy through us, Brett. And the additional expense coverage on that policy paid for all of her additional living expenses that she had, having to go to a hotel and that kind of thing and meals. And it was, uh, boy, was she happy to have that. So you're right. Renters policies cover more than just a person's belongings. So if anyone needs to or wants to or has a life-changing experience, those are great opportunities to call us. Great times. You bet. Give us a call, 218-628-1878, and whether it's business insurance, personal insurance, life insurance, benefits insurance, all those kinds of things, you can give us a call. We will roll up sleeves, and we will do that insurance shopping for you. Chris, this was an outstanding win because uh, here she got, uh, Maggie got these people, auto and renters, an annual savings of $641, which monthly works out to $53.42 a month. Or if they're buying their insurance quarterly, it's a savings of $160.25. So not only did Maggie save them some money, but got them covered in ways that they didn't even know existed. So again, a win-win-win all the way down for the folks from Solutions Insurance. And you can check them out. You can either drive right up to their door almost. You know, they're they're in the Spirit Valley Shopping Center right there. Lots of free parking. You can stop in and see them. Or you can give them a call, as Chris said, at 218-628-1878. That's 
Solutions Insurance just might be your solution to higher insurance costs. Thank you very much, Chris. Appreciate it as always. Thanks. Look forward look forward every week to talking to you with these wins of the week. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. Well, all right. Well, Kenny, how are we doing on time? We're okay for a few minutes? Yeah, I've got an extra $53 in my uh, wallet this month uh, saving it. Um, is that right? Well, no, I'm just... You did a little savings? This, oh, this no. is what we yeah. learned today, a Maggie's uh, yeah. client. I would always feel better putting money in my wallet than yeah. taking it out, no doubt. You yeah. know, and you ask anybody, hey, how would you like to save $53 uh, a month or have an additional $53 a month uh, to spend money that belongs to you? Uh, no, nah, I don't need that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> no. would ever say that. No. Of course they want savings. I don't savings. want money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, I'll keep it. <laughs> I even do that. I'm I'm so cheap, even at the grocery store when they ask me, would you like to round that up and we'll donate the money to... Uh, no, I, I don't yeah. want to round it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, well. Anyway, uh, so this morning, Kenny, a story that I've talked about before because I'm very disappointed when I start hearing about the Biden administration taking money out of the veterans health care program and using it on illegal immigration, as I heard a couple of weeks ago, I thought, this can't, this can't be true. They wouldn't really do this, would they? I mean, how, are they authorized to do this? Well, it turns out I got a story at a Breitbart this morning that Marsha Blackburn, which we've had on our show a number of times, has demanded that Joe Biden disclose taxpayer money that has been diverted from the Veterans Administration to illegal aliens. It turns out that Senator Marsha Blackburn is demanding that President Joe Biden's top agencies disclose how much taxpayer money has been siphoned from American veterans to illegal aliens who recently arrived in the country illegally. For years now, Biden's top agencies have been accused of diverting uh, uh, veterans Affairs Services from veterans to provide health care services for recently arrived illegal aliens. See, isn't it amazing that this country feels that somehow when people break our laws and come in the door illegally instead of following the proper procedures, that we somehow have to bend ourselves over the Buick and give them health care that a lot of our people can't even afford itself. Why is this happening, it, Brad? Because we have an administration that is out of control, absolutely out of control. I mean, they're taking kids out was, of schools and putting the, yeah, uh, these illegal immigrants Telling in kids, uh, you kids can learn by remote. You can go on your computers and remote that way. We're going to use your school to house illegal immigrants to sleep in. That's crazy. And you know what? And it's all because the Biden administration has not controlled the flow of illegal immigrants into this country. In fact, not only have they not controlled, they've tried their darndest to make sure that Texas, if they try to control it somehow, they're going to file suit against them for anything they might do. Now, recently we found out yesterday, I think it was, that this lawsuit by the federal government to try to block uh, Texas from putting those barriers in the Rio Grande you remember they were they were putting floating barriers up and down the Grand, not across it, 
just to impede boat traffic or people fishing or anything like that, but up and down the Rio Grande to stop people from illegally crossing the river into the United States. And Joe Biden's administration sued the state of Texas for trying to stop the flow of illegal immigrants. Well, now the court system has come out and said, uh, you know what? We're going to wait until about May, and then we'll then we'll decide on this. So in the meantime, until May, Texas does have the right to do that, to float those barriers if they want. I think they're waiting for the Supreme Court to make a decision on it. Anyway, we've got to go to our uh, Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back and talk more here on Sound Off on a Thursday. KDAL time is 11.53. We've warmed up to zero in Duluth. And they've uh, warmed up from minus 24 in Ely this morning, minus 24 in Ely, Minnesota. That was the coldest in the lower 48. And Ely has warmed up to minus 2. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Warmed up to minus 2. Well, they've come up 22 <laughs> degrees. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that is, in fact, a warm-up. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Sound. You know, as long as you're talking about this, uh, I, I got to switch gears here uh, because this came out this morning. I was cruising around and looking, and, and of course, I found more and more stuff on electric vehicles and stuff. But a, a lot of people, when it, when we get into these cold snaps, they don't even think about the fact that the electricity is staying on in their home. Some people have electricity that heats their home, but everybody's got electricity in their house some way or the other. Most uh, most con- most of the country, I should say, is in a cold snap, and the demand for electricity is high. So where's our power coming from? Is most of it coming from windmills and uh, uh, you know if uh, these farms with uh, uh, solar panels on them? No. And in fact, the story that I pulled up this morning had a chart: the United States lower forty-eight. And the hourly electricity generation by source, by source, it turns out that when we get into this cold snap, we go from about five five hundred and twenty five thousand megawatt hours that we need to almost six hundred thousand megawatt hours. And where do we get these megawatt hours? Well, they give us a chart here. This organization, the data source is the U.S. Energy Information Administration, okay? It's called Grid Brief. Tells where the where the units of power are coming from. It turns out that we get about over 200,000 kilowatt hours from gas. That's the highest number of all of them on the chart. Gas, you know, that the Biden administration wants us to get away from. Then second is coal. Yes, that's right, Northlanders, coal. Then comes nuclear. Then below that is wind. And when we get into these really cold snaps, the amount of wind power generation actually drops off. Because it turns out when it gets really, really cold many times, there's not as much wind generated. And these units need, and in some cases, let me read you here, wind tends to die down. This is right from the report this Mac. And in fact, if it gets cold enough, wind turbines draw electricity from the grid and thus become a net negative factor. It's a scam. And solar, 
It is. It is. Yes. The solar and solar power is constantly pathetic. And in fact, one of our listeners to the show sent me a, sent me a Facebook post the other night, showed a whole panel of these uh, uh, solar panels that were set up up by UMD or up uh, up towards UMD anyway. And there's a whole farm of them up there after the last snowstorm, and every one of them was covered with snow. They're not generating any electricity. Solar? Somebody's got to get out. Yeah. Well, solar does generate electricity if it's covered with snow. Does it? Up to a certain well, Yeah. But there's a certain uh, depth of snow where, where it won't. I'm not sure what okay. that is. And, you know, okay. it does generate electricity on cloudy days and that type of thing. But, Brad, right. the, again, I've got the data from the government. This is the EIA.gov site. This is the Energy Information Administration. Fossil fuels provide 60% of what we need to produce energy. Our energy source comes from 60% fossil fuel, 21% renewable, which includes wind and hydropower, and a measly 3.4% from solar. Right. And remember, a lot of these wind and solar are extremely subsidized. Where the government has spent, we'll we'll never get know, away from fossil fuels. We'll never no. get away. We can't. We, we can't. can't. We need them too much. And it says right in this report, it says America runs on natural gas, coal, and nuclear power. It's dependable. We ought to be spending more time working on nuclear power, small, dependable nuclear power plants yeah. that generate huge amounts of electricity. Think of all these people in Chicago, and there were other areas, Brad. It wasn't just Chicago, but that's you know, where the focus was on. But there was other yeah. cars throughout that same uh, area of latitude, if you will. <laughs> and all they had to do was go to a gas station to fuel up their vehicles. Instead, their vehicles are dead. Lined up in the solar panel farm. Good work farm. <laughs> yeah, there was Anyway, a- folks, we're out of time here. I'm watching our clock and we're running out of time. But we will be back next hour with much, much more. And by the way, thank you. I got the information on what I was looking for. We will be back shortly. 